What is going on, guys? Welcome back. It is the Monday Morning Blues. I'm your host, Christian Anson. As always, I hope everyone had a great weekend. I know I did. Um, had a really, really great weekend, actually. Actually, ended. Um, well, it's a the the weekend hasn't ended yet for me. I just got done doing my amazing interview with the the great Aaron Coburn and her drummer, um, Brandon. Which is kind of cool. I didn't expect that to happen. I, I always like when there's surprises and stuff like that. And it worked out well. It was really, really, really a good time. But uh, anyways, yeah, no. Um, weekend's been great so far. Um, it's not over. I got a fun night ahead of me tonight. Um, actually going to my work. That doesn't sound fun to most. But when you work at the Arcata Theater in St. Charles, that's a fun place to be. Um, that's where I, my part-time job, I, you know, that's the fun job. No discredit to the job I have now. That job pays the bills and I'm thankful beyond belief for it. But, uh, my fun job, the job that took my heart and literally made me so happy has kind of not been a thing for eight or nine months because the pandemic because live shows. Well, that shit's not a thing right now. Um, it can be, but it's not a thing that could be done in a safe way to, you know, to prevent the spread of this virus. So I'm excited. I'm going there tonight. I'm going to, you know, stroll around, get a look at the new renovations that we've done at the place. Um, girlfriend's coming with. So it's going to be a really, really fun time. I'm super excited. And, I, you know, I've, I've been happy lately. I really have been happy. I'm still a little depressed. Honestly, this pandemic's screwing with me. Um... At first, it didn't affect me. It took me about month seven to figure out that, wow, this pandemic sucks because I've never been sociable ever, you know? And then like month seven hits, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is bad. So God God bless all the people out there who were party animals and social butterflies back in March. I now know what that feels like after it was month seven that it hit me. You know you're not very sociable when takes uh, month seven of a freaking lockdown to start affecting you so um yeah so i'm i'm excited about tonight should be good i hope everyone enjoyed last week's uh interview with damon fowler that was such a fun time he's such a great guy um he's just about as wholesome and humble as it gets so that was such a blast. Today's episode was a blast. I, I literally just got done five minutes ago talking to Aaron and her drummer, Brandon. Uh, they're up in Cleveland right now. I think they said they're going to be there for like three months um, doing live streams and recording. She's up there for school and stuff like that. And you're going to hear all about that in, in, in my interview with her. So I won't, I won't say too much. But uh, yeah, it was, it, it's been great. We got some very exciting news to announce. Um, Drum roll. I don't know. Maybe I can find a loop for that. Who knows? But uh, we have Vinny Moore coming on. Now, before you freak out and go, well, he's not blues, blah, 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 blah. Stop it. Okay? Because I've rebranded the show. Now, don't freak out about that either. I didn't change anything. Just changed the, the tagline. So before it was the Monday Morning Blues, talking all things blues, jazz, you know, southern rock. But now I've encompassed rock. Southern rock, blues, jazz, roots rock, stuff like that. Because honestly, like I've said before, blues has laid the, 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 the way for every single form of music that is out there today. Um, I mean, uh, to be honest, it was the first real true genre of music was blues. So um, that's how I've been able to encompass guys like Vinnie Moore. And so Vinnie Moore is one of the best guitar players out there, one of the most underrated, certainly. Um, he is the guitarist for UFO. Um, he replaced Michael Schenker, I believe it was, oh geez, um, <laughs> it has been a while now. Let me check and see the exact, I can't even remember. It's been so long since he's, he's been in the group. He started, uh, UFO in 2003, um, with them, and he formerly w- did work with Alice Cooper. He was with Alice Cooper from 1989 to 1995. Um, he's amazing. He really is. And you know what? His last album that he came out with, his solo stuff, Soul Shifter, really was about 
the shifting of his soul and the music identification of there's a lot of bluesy jazzy type vibes on that record so i'm excited to have Vinny on uh, he's a great friend of everyone at the arcada theater where i work too he's always so nice to all of us employees there very caring very outgoing just a great person and i love having people like that on at the end of the day we're all just human and i think during the middle of a pandemic i think that's something that still isn't resonating with everybody in this country we're all just people regardless of what we do for work, status in society, how much money you make. At the end of the day, you're no different than me. I'm no different than you. Other than the fact that, yeah, you just got a different job than me. And sometimes the camera follows you around and you make just a little bit more money, but we're still human. And I think that's still something that as a society, we we um, we kind of don't, we don't look at things like that. We look at someone as being above and beyond you know us which is kind of bullshit but yeah and you know working at the theater has actually made me understand and realize that fact even more um case in point when i did photos for brett michaels i got to shoot photos for his meet and greet that was fucking insane it's last december and after the show i had this awkward moment it was literally just me and brett michaels sitting backstage at the arcada with our incredible hospitality manager uh, ernie it was just us three. Ernie was in uh, you know, the hospitality room or whatever, and I'm sitting on the couch. Brett's on the other couch. We had like this minute, two-minute pause or just awkward silence right after the meet and greet ended. It's really fucking awkward. And we're sitting there, and he's like, so do you want a drink? I'm like, uh, sure. So I had a Coors Light, and we, you know, we're, just, we're just talking. And you know, he, he's about as cool of a dude as it gets, like, he changed my, my impression of him. Like, oh, Brett Michaels, he's probably a diva, blah, 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 blah. No, he's, he's about as humble as it gets. And, I mean, that's, that goes back to what I was saying. You know, at the end of the day, we're just human. He literally is just, you know, he's just normal guy. I mean, we all knew that, but it takes moments like that that I'm able to get sometimes to really lock into that understanding that, wow, he's just a normal dude, you know. And that's, that's what I wish everyone could see in this country no matter what they do or who they are how much they make they're no different so it was kind of a long tangent but i really wanted to drive that point home but uh yeah so vinnie moore is coming on that's exciting eric johnson might know him cliffs of dover avia musicom a trademark desert rose yeah he's working on an album right now uh, we were supposed to be getting him on uh you know, mid-November, but, you know, still working on the album and stuff like that. So I'm, we're waiting for that album to get close to being done so we can get him on, do a little PR for that. But a lot of exciting stuff happening. I'm not going to say too much more about some of the guests, but I can tell you that I cannot wait to February 15th. That episode is going to be... That's an episode that might even be talked about in, like, Rolling Stone magazine that day now the interview i'm talking about is the interview with a guest that i'm not going to announce because i i there's so much stuff that i can't really talk about but february 15th 2021 will be a historic day for the show um i've already gotten some emails from some press companies radio companies very very small amounts who have caught wind or they've heard about this. I'm not going to say much about it. Um, I'll just kind of give you a heads up. My podcast idol, one of them, uh, Dean Del Rey, he had an opportunity very similar to one that I'm about to have with a band, ACDC, his all-time favorite band. And he, he got a call from you know this entertainment guru like over a year ago. They called him in, sat him down, and he listened to the whole entire ACDC record like six, seven months before it even came out. And he had to keep it on the down low the whole time. He heard the record before anybody else, but they reached out to him because they said, hey, ACDC's coming out with a record. We know you love them so much. We want, you to ha- we're gonna- we want them to be on your podcast, Brian Johnson, Angus Young, all that. You down. He's like, yes, of course. So he had to wait like seven or eight months before the interview, you know, before he could even open his mouth about anything. So I, I can't even imagine how hard that had to be for him. 
for that being his favorite band. But that's kind of the situation right now for me. All I could say is February 15th will be a really historic day. Um, and it's a day for all of you guys listening because you guys have really helped give me this opportunity. If you'd laved the way for every opportunity that has happened on this show since since the beginning. So I do like to do a, a few shout-outs. I'm going to start doing this now, actually. So we got some people who really very supportive of the show have been since day one that I'd really like to thank for for tuning in each and every week. So um, Emma, my girlfriend, you're the best. Billy's Guitar Shop. Billy, I don't know your last name. Um, I just know you by Billy's Guitar Shop. You're absolutely incredible. Very supportive. Um, even days when I'm feeling hella sad, you always like send me messages and stuff. And like, that's the stuff that I love about this show. You know, like I'm getting, I'm meeting people and I'm ha- connecting on like this, this level that I've never connected on with people before because of it. And then we got Joe. I don't know how to say it. It's Joe. I think it's Joe Van Anthony. Yeah. Love you, man. This dude's cool as hell. He uh he listens to the show all the time. I mean, like, that's cool. Like, I have people who listen to the show and are expecting an episode each week. Um, like that that's such a humbling feeling, to be honest. I don't know why anyone would listen to me. There's a good chance people skip through the intro and then listen to the interview. That's cool. I usually do that too sometimes. <laughs> but uh no, um, regardless, I, I appreciate everyone who listens to the show. You guys mean so much to me. And I mean that. I'm not just saying that just to say that. I, I really do mean that. It's it's very special that I'm able to connect to people on that level with music. Um, <laughs> I mean it. You, you, guys, you guys are incredible. Same with Evan. I think Evan um, Betzel, he, he listens to the show. Um, y'all are just cool people, man. If you want to find out more information about all of our shows uh, and all the interviews and stuff, you could just visit our website too, themondaymorningblues.com. Uh, we have every episode up there from season one, episode one through 27. Uh, that's including Kingfish, um, Tom Hambridge, Bobby Rush. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, start of season two. Interviews up there right now with Dweezil Zappa, Damon Fowler. Eventually, we're going to be shifting over to Patreon for some of those episodes. Like the Dweezil episode, um, Bobby Rush, um, Kingfish maybe. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start to figure out how I can actually, you know, make this thing work for a full time opportunity because you know this is something I really want to do, and Patreon may give me that opportunity to, you know, really help fund a dream because this has turned into something so amazingly fun. It's just absolutely great. But that's it. I could keep talking about how much I appreciate everyone that listens to the show, but I'm not. I'm going to get this interview going, and I'm going to end it with one last thing. Be sure, if you're into, like, pop music, uh, if you're listening to this, you probably aren't, but fuck it. Who knows? Um, I do. I have my own album in the works right now, or EP. Five songs is an EP, right? I'd say nine songs is an album, so I have five songs. My debut or EP, I almost said it again. It comes out on Christmas Day. It's called My Time Is Now. Um, it's just songs that I've written that mean a lot to me. The debut single is out there right now. It's called Oh Emma. It's about how I met my girlfriend. So it's kind of it's kind of cheesy, poppy, sad vibes, happy vibes. But screw it. Um, I had fun writing it, and people really like it. Actually, it's actually been it's been added to a playlist by Apple. Apple Music added to one of their playlists. It's fucking insane. But uh, anyways, I love all of you. Thank you so much for listening to the Monday Morning Blues each and every week. Here's my interview with the great Erin Coburn and her drummer, Brendan. Enjoy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, but those are good. That's amazing. That's uh, amazing. You're based in Chicago, aren't you? Yes, I am. It just sucks, though, because, like, and I mean for you, and I kind of just go ahead and get started. um, I mean, this pandemic has screwed me, like, big time. I mean, for you guys, too, obviously, as musicians. I mean, I was in March. We were had a whole bunch of shows at the theater that I do house photography at. And, like, March 13th was the last show, and ever since then, it's like... What started is two weeks. I was like, all right, whatever. Two weeks is no show. It's not a big deal. Maybe I'll be able to catch up on stuff I haven't been able to do. I'm like, no problem. And 
like wow month eight or nine it's it sucks like how, how have you guys been able to deal with this when all that stuff went down yeah it's been crazy um when it first kind of went down like i remember i remember like when it like everything like first started we had one more show um not one more show but we had a show in lansing michigan and we were like we were driving there and we were trying to like determine if we should cancel it or not and right. we didn't we got there we didn't cancel it but like it was just super stressful um so after that we didn't play for like yeah, we, a while yeah. um we didn't play for a long time um i'd say like it's felt like three three four weeks yeah, three or four crazy. weeks maybe five weeks that's um, a long before. time for people like you though i mean <laughs> yeah 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 we i mean we did live streams we do like i do a live stream on facebook every single week and it's basically like a show man i, I get right. ready for it i put makeup on i do like my show outfit there you, you know? go yeah we're, we're ready to go with it but uh yeah um it just it, it it took a while to kind of like figure out the normal the normal for things. So right. we and and the, and the, luckily it was summer. You know it was, it was spring and summer, so it was like it was warm outside. So we were able to do a lot more like outdoor shows mm -hmm. and and um, a lot of them became more local shows, um, which was which was cool in, in Cincinnati, but uh, in Columbus, Ohio too, because that's where my drummer Brandon is based out of. So Brandon, nice. so we spend a lot of time in Cincinnati and Columbus, and uh, actually. We were just able to come back from Kansas um, this past weekend. Wow. Um, we played at the Red Shed. Um, and then on Tuesday, we went to Chicago and we played. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, I know. At Rosa's. Yeah. You're yeah. telling me. That's, a, that's such a cool place. I mean, they, they have such a great live stream setup, honestly. Like, I know. Um, I know. Buddy guys, I love that place so much. But like, I mean, you look at their live streams from there to there, like Rosa's, they've They've really got that stuff down. It's insane. Yeah, Tony, Tony at Rosa's is like a whiz with all of the live stream stuff, and and he's got like the camera switchers, and it was so cool, man. We were geeking out about it. We got there. It's just yeah. like this is a great setup. Such a and, small place too. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's very it's very homey, and it's got it's got a good vibe to it. You know, mm -hmm. like like it was uh you can definitely feel the mojo, and it's just like a different energy there, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean the 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 people that played there too is like insane. Like mm -hmm. it even like you you know like oh yeah they played there but like when you really realize like bb king muddy waters all these people like that's the same stage yeah it's, it's just crazy, crazy. <laughs> it's crazy it is it's absolutely insane now the cool thing though about these local shows that you were doing is when i was talking to damon fowler what those shows kind of did is they introduced your music to literally a completely different fan base or not yeah. not even that but completely different audience because it's the same time you have these people who are just trying to get out of the house because they, you know, they're so cooped up. And now mm -hmm. you have these people listening to your music that might have never even heard of you before, which is exactly. interesting. Like you're connecting with people that you've never even met or interacted with before. I never thought about it like that, but that's actually very true. I, I've, had, I've had quite a few like newer fans, you know, come up to me at shows and and um like the outdoor ones and stuff and they were like we were just trying to get out of the house and then we came and we found you and like we just want to follow you on facebook this is so cool you know and right. it's just like yeah that's that's super cool to to think about you know like being able to to get those new fans that you wouldn't normally reach out to mm -hmm. now i have to ask you got brandon in here too mm -hmm. um how how long has brandon been with you guys in, in the group when did you come in when did you come in here come closer uh i, came I don't in, bite what was it maybe around last summer or no, so the summer before last, um, I kind of jumped in around July, I'd say. Yeah, because she was needing a... Um, <laughs> Directed yeah. towards the microphone. <laughs> uh, she was needing somebody to play drums, and I had known her, so like known each other for about five years. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, I got a text one day, I was like, yeah, like, can you do some shows? I was like, yeah. And uh, it, it just kind of happened from there, but we had always talked about playing together. That's and, good. Uh, it's great because we're like best friends. I was gonna say we've been friends for a long yeah. time, and now That's we're rooming better. together yeah. here in Cleveland. Yeah, it's good. Did yeah, you ever it's... think those five shows would turn into what it is now? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember I remember the first time that Brandon played with me. Was that wasn't it Mudflap? Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh... it was at this one show I was playing. I had a drummer at the time, and Brandon just came out because we were we had been friends and. I was like, hey, you should get up and do a couple of songs with us. Mm -hmm. And so he did. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> awesome. it was crazy. I'm like, I wish he could be my drummer. And um, and then like two years later, uh, it was like, then he became my drummer. But I had always thought, because like he lives in Columbus and I live in Cincinnati. I was just, man, it sucks that he lives in Columbus. That's like, 
you know, two hours away. We won't be able to do rehearsals and stuff. And then like, and then I started traveling even more and I'm just like, wow, two hours is nothing. We can totally do this. Oh yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. And so it's worked great ever yeah. since. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just go back and forth. And we I would say basically I live at his house for half the time. He lives at my house for half the time. Yeah. Now, we, now we're living together here in Cleveland for, uh, for school. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. For school. I, yeah. I, last time I talked to you, actually, wow. I think you were, it was, so it was March 2019. I think you were finishing up. Like you just finished, I think, high school and you were doing online yes. classes at that time. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I just finished my, my online high school. Yeah. It's wow. It's been a while. Now for, <laughs> for college, where, where, are you, where are you at now as far as schooling goes? So we're actually not doing college. Um, I'm, we're doing like a cert- certification program oh, at, the right. lava, at the Lava Room Recording. It's, it's the Cleveland School of Recording. Um, so we're, we're getting our certification in audio engineering. So, cause oh, wow. when we come back, um, we'll be able to, um, run my own studio. So I'm actually constructing a house and a studio on my parents' property. Yeah. So we'll, uh, when we come back, we'll have a, like a state of the art studio that we'll be able to work out of and, and, and even rent when we're on the road, you know, for, for tours and stuff. That's like, as an artist, like that's like the most creatively, like the most, that's like the dream because you have no pressure of a, a la- I mean, you don't really have that pressure of a label really breathing down your neck saying, Hey, exactly. you need to put out a record in May and you need to release a single, um, in March. You need to like, so hold on, hold on. You just have, you do whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I just watched, uh, I just watched like an interview. Do you know who Russ is? R- Russ. Uh, uh. he's an artist um he's like his name is just russ it's just all capital russ. letters no, yeah no just, last russ. Name, just russ r-u-s-s R- <laughs> yeah he um he he's like he's an artist he's a really big like r&b-ish you know who russ is right? oh yeah yeah he's a really big like r&b-ish like popish artist kind of um he's a super talented guy he writes all his own stuff and and he's completely independent um he he was signed before but he was just like you know, independence has been such an amazing, right. amazing thing. And he's, he makes, I think like he said, like a million dollars a month based on, because he puts out a song, like a week, like he releases a song a week. He said with labels, they want you to release like, you know, like a song a month or like, you know, an album Too much every four months, you know, but with him, like he can make his own schedule and constantly be in front of people, you know, and, and it was interesting because, because, you know, I, I'd always thought I needed to pace myself as far as, you know, putting content out there and yeah. stuff. But um, in the market today, you know, it's just really, if you just go for it and put as much content, content out as possible, you know, it's, it's not too much, you know, and that, that, that's what he said, at least. And it was kind of interesting to think about that because, you know, I've never thought about it like that way. Like, like a song a week. I mean, I, w- I want to try it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, it's possible. Like I had a friend of mine um, as his, he's in a bit, well, it's a solo group. His name's field medic. Um, yeah. He, that's what he did. He like during the pandemic, all these people started releasing singles like each month. And then it's like, well, shit, there's an album. My, why don't I just release the album now instead of releasing a single each week? And if yeah. once you, once you're able to do all your own music, record it yourself, that literally is like huge pressure off your shoulder. I mean, look at Chance the Rapper. It's the same thing with him. He's exactly. literally winning the game. No matter how big he gets and how bigger he gets, he'll never sign to a label. And people no, are salty I mean, he about it. He doesn't. He doesn't need to. Yeah, the labels are are frustrated because they they can't you know sign an artist that has brought in so much money. You know, I think but, that's the funniest thing too because everyone wants him. He's like, ah, I'm do my own thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> that's, awesome. That's the best position to be in as an artist. You know, like instead of like. If, if like if a label you know comes out and, and offers you something like we've had a couple offers and we've just really? turned them down because yeah i mean it was they're from smaller labels but you know still you know i'm not a gonna label's take a it. label yeah exactly and if you're not in the position of power though and they're in the position of power it, it definitely puts the artist at risk for for losing a lot of things that should be theirs yeah and um there is the perfect example is my really good friends of mine they they have a band they're called beach bunny and um I like that name. <laughs> yeah, it's uh well, like my friend Lily, she's the, the 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 lead singer of the group, and her her full name is Lily Trefilia. Like that's not a marketable name. She said she's like, like I Beach Bunny sounds. I don't know. It sounds more marketable and brandable. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So yeah. when she she had all these offers for you know different things, and they felt the pressure of oh, I don't know if I want to sign with a label. But then there is one label out there, Mom and Pop, in New York, okay. and they are super like hands-off type of label 
and they reached out to the band and like, yeah, we'd love to have you. It's exactly what you are talking about and what I'm talking about of not having any pressure of putting out anything. It's the same thing with them. You literally, yeah. the, you go to them and be like, hey, I want to put out a record. Cool. When do you want to do it? Like, it's super hands off, but you still wow. get all that, um, all the benefits of you yeah. know, having uh, a, a record label. So there's, there are labels out there like that that are supportive in that sense, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's one to know. I, I mean, I've seen some of the smaller ones, you know, have, have done really good things for, mm-hmm. for artists, but yeah. yeah, the big ones, it seems like, man, it's, I mean, they're a machine, you know? Yeah. No, no kidding. Now, when we talked last time you were, yeah, I think you had two, two records out at the time, uh, chaos before conformity and then queen of nothing. And then at that time you were working on, uh, what would be almost like Taylor Swift switching from country to pop. Um, <laughs> When you came out with that, the latest record, the, um, what's Out from here? Under? Yes. Yes. Did you fear any, um, like, were you like, oh, man, like, what are people going to think of this? Like, cause this is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, you know, while I was actually in the studio making that album, I was thinking, I'm like, this is totally different. We're using different recording techniques. I'm using different sounds, different vibes. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. way more emotional. I'm older, though, too. And I, I mean honestly i wasn't worried i was just kind of i was more excited because i was i was older i was more mature i had different different techniques i could use new skills because you know as i age i'm gonna keep getting getting new new things and learning new things Mm so um i was more excited to kind of share with the people with with my audience you know like look this is this is what the sound is turning into and it's just gonna keep evolving you know i don't i don't want to be an artist that has songs that all sound the same you know Mm -hmm. i just i would like to be super versatile and different mm-hmm. and that kind of led right into the whole the misfit thing like i, I listen to that song <laughs> week weekly and i just like <laughs> i you. try to like i mean i got like i'm still trying to figure out like how to ident- like identify that or categorize it and i hate doing that because categorization is a huge pigeonhole on people it limits you creatively yes. and as soon as the industry knows kind of what you want to be they'll tell you that that's what you have to be and if you break from it you're bad so it's like exactly that's why i give you a lot of credit for doing what you're doing because you're just kind of doing whatever the hell it is that you want even guys like people that you like gary clark jr his last album uh this land are you kidding me come on it starts out with like yeah like a rap rock song so um it's the coolest, but I mean, honestly, like I thought about just saying, because if people do want, like when people ask me what genre I'm in, mm-hmm. I will normally just say rock because it's such mm-hmm. a versatile genre. Like there are, rock could be a million different sounds, sure. you know? So I usually just say that because especially nowadays, like I've been like for the misfit, I'm sure you noticed there was synth, there was synthesizer yeah. in it, you know, and I've, I've been trying to add more synth, um, you know, and cause I, I love, I love MIDI programming. I think it's just super fun, yeah, and super satisfying. So um yeah i just i i'm I'm trying to go a little bit more um adding some more like electronic instruments into it and rock you know is starting to include a lot more of that um especially alternative rock too mm-hmm. yeah for sure even bands like the foo fighters are starting to touch yeah. into a lot of that now too which is i never thought i'd see the day when dave Grohl would actually start to kind of give in and try to figure some of that stuff out it's a little different yeah it is it is it's really cool though now when you're playing your shows though too these places that you would play at before, like these these blues festivals and stuff like that, do you think that is there ever a time that worries you that there may be some pushback, like saying, eh, like you may not be put on blues bills anymore? Or uh, yes, oh yes, um, yeah. There's actually a couple funny stories about that, but that's something like when I was younger, maybe actually about like three or four years ago, when I when I was playing a lot more like blues, like strictly blues festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something I definitely worried about, um, you know, and I would just, cause I'm not traditional blues and I've never, right. I've never been traditional blues. Um, but I've, I've played a few traditional songs, I guess. And, and that's kind of what helped me get on those, those blues bills. But, um, yeah, I was definitely worried about it, but as I got like more fans and followers and I realized, wow, these people just like my music for like what it is. Cause I, I started to think, you know, the blues is is not a chord progression you know it's not a certain guitar tone it's not a it's 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 a feeling you know it's not so really the blues could be any kind of music as long as you truly feel it um that's what i think so with these blues festivals if i get like pushback from it i just that's that's basically what i tell them you know like 
you know, it's not a chord progression. It's a feeling. So yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, yeah. Brandon, for you now, um, since, since you are in on this, what was it for you as far as music goes? Like what was, when you started playing music, what was, what were the genres that really, uh, kind of honed your interest early on um it was mainly blues for me as it was well. yeah so i come from a a blues background and i've played with some other blues artists and stuff too so i really got into that but that was a really good start for me to be able to get in to the music scene and he's played with uh, a lot of big big uh, big blues artists you yeah know, noah watherspoon yeah. and um who else um, sean carney yeah oh sean wow carney um, yeah Danny Frankie. Yep. Um, yeah. So just a lot of that stuff, but I really love rock. So, which was great when I joined this band, cause it was like, wow. Yeah. Cause I can finally cut loose instead of playing the regular <laughs> standards every day. Yeah. Shuffles all night long. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I mean, drums are drums, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like, like when you, uh, no discredit to any blues drummer, but I mean, it seems like it's, and I hate saying this because, like, I said this with Chris Layton too, um, for Steve Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. Yeah. He's Kenny Wayne Shepherd's drummer. Yeah. Like, if you see awesome. him up there on stage, it's like it looks like he's almost not having fun. But like, I know right. he's just, yeah. he's just like he don't smile. He's just like you know, it's oh, the same yeah. thing, you know. And I, it's hard to say that without sounding desponding. But I'm not trying to sound that way. But I know yeah. what you mean. You're like, oh, cool. I could switch it up now. Now I could do something a little different. Yes, and with with rock too, especially like the kind of rock that we play, like you have to, you can't just kind of float off, you know, you got to be like kind of on top of it because there's constant, you know, tempo changes and breaks and, and, you know, and that, that can definitely happen in blues, but it just, it happens more often in in rock, it seems like, you know, because again, rock is just so versatile and there's just, you know, (laughs) so many things that can happen in it. But I was at, I was at, when I was at Buddy Guys, um, I think I played there like three or four, four four or five times. I think it was the last time I played at Buddy Guy, the previous time, um, Buddy Guy was there. Um, yeah. And he's been there two times for two of my shows. And so he was there and one of the workers came up and was like to the stage and they were like, they gave me a note and I looked at it and it said, play more blues. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 think it was, I think it was just because Buddy was there. And I think like if he would have gotten on stage if we would have played like, you know, like traditional blues oh, yeah. he or would. like some it, standards. He would have, for sure. But we weren't playing standards. So, I mean, we did, we did play one, but he, did, he didn't get up. But it's totally cool. But I was, it was kind of like, I got that note that was just like, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was probably a note, a message sent from Buddy to the worker. Because he sits, yeah. he literally, every every day that the club's open, he'll get there at 9 o'clock if he's not playing a show, and he'll just sit at the end of the bar and drink his Remy Martin XO. Yep. And as soon as he hears something that piques his interest, he'll just, like, do one of these. And yes. He'll, he'll walk up there. <laughs> it happened to my friend, my friend Nick Bell. He was playing a show there, and yeah. I, I was there. And it was, like, exactly how I just described it. I was watching Buddy because I knew he does this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, because Nick, my friend loves Buddy Guy. I'm like, oh shit, this may happen. So all of a sudden, he hit one note, put his drink down. He made the turn. I go, oh no, this is happening. And he gets up on stage and he like taps him on the shoulder. He turns around. He goes, I like that shit. Keep playing it funky. And then oh my, my friend, like immediately, the drummer, like he he knew. Like every time he comes up, the song that he usually plays with whoever's playing is Hoochie Coochie Man. So really? the drummer knew how to adjust right away. He said he prepared for this. So he like the bass player did too. They're like, okay, okay. Like they switched right away and they they slowed it down. They played Hoochie Coochie Man. Da, wow, da, da. So it's that's like, amazing that they were prepared for that too. Well, like I think they were just hopeful because they all wanted to happen. But yeah. like, it, let's say that happens to you again, because I'm sure you'll get that opportunity many, many times. I mean, have you have you ever had one of those moments on stage with someone? before both of you that was just like wow yeah um i'm trying to remember uh there's been a few moments when there, there was there was a few times i remember larry mccray um, oh, yeah. I, was king in, biscuit, I was in right? michigan yeah king biscuit um he had told me he was like yeah you, you should get up on, on stage with us and, and i was just like i was just like oh okay and then i got up and you know bob margolin was up there oh, wow. and there were some there were some really big names it was it was just it was so neat and then I also I remember another time um, in, uh, in in this was this was a Michigan um, another Michigan show, um, 
Oh crap! What was it? Yeah, uh, Kingfish. My friend Kingfish. Oh, Chris Stone. He, yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, I had, I had played the same festival as him, and then um, I, st- I sticked around to, to watch some of his set, and uh, in the end, at the at the end of the night, and I was, I had actually gone back to the hotel first before I came back, and I had changed into like sweatpants and a sweatshirt because it was cold, and I just wanted to be out of my show clothes, mm-hmm. and so I'm in the audience with my hood up and like sweatshirt on, and I look look like a c- complete grub, and he's like, I think my best one of my friends, Aaron Coburn, oh, is out no. in the audience, You're and like- I'm like, oh crap, and then like, and nope, and I I get up there like in like these sw- the sweat sweatsuit you know and i'm just like eilish look you're like i'm just gonna tear it up (laughs) yep i'm just like yep let's let's do it so that that was i was definitely taken like aback by that but it was uh it was still super fun but i was just like this is awesome so it's always a good time jamming with him yeah no that that that's absolutely awesome now for both of you guys what is i mean what is the the future of shows look like right now for you guys um i mean we're starting to head back into another depressing time like we were in march um has there been any kind of i i don't know from an artist standpoint um uh, forecast as far as returning back to what we would call normal anytime soon for you guys as far as consistency goes for live shows um kind of so like brandon and i are going to be in cleveland for three months so we're we oh, actually wow. just got three up here months. two 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 days ago, yeah, two days ago, and then we come back February twentieth. Um, we cow. probably will book some shows in between there as long as like you know like our the zone where we're at isn't in purple or you know as long as they're socially distanced. Um, but we'll mainly be sticking to live streams for the next three months, um, and then but after that when we get back home we do have shows and festivals that have rescheduled. So um, there is a sense of normalcy coming. Um, whether or not they'll be rescheduled again, I don't know, yeah, but you know, yeah, it will be a hit, yeah, or, hit or We'll see, but we definitely do have um, all of our shows that were supposed to be on the books. will be on the books for, for the future. So we're at least thankful for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You know, the, the, the one city that hasn't skipped a beat with this pandemic for live music has been Tampa. Like really? Yeah. Like, honestly, I have Jose Ramirez. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Jose yeah, Ramirez yeah. blues. So, um, he was on my show and I, when I was talking to him in July, he goes, if you come to Tampa, you would not even know we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I'm like, I, I feel I'm happy for the artists, the, all musicians who live in that area. He mm-hmm. goes, nothing's changed. No, he goes, there hasn't been one thing that's felt different. I go, you're kidding. He goes, no, every, every week, maybe two or three shows a week. Every, and I'm like, what? Are so they all inside or like? Yeah, both most of them are. So it's like I don't look at. It's like, you know, the thing is like, if I was a musician, it's like, yes, you got to get your money. I mean, this is your livelihood. I mean, it yep. sucks. Um, but like, I think part of me would feel like, deep down inside, I feel like I'd feel like shit if something happened to one of them. Be like, hey, yeah. you know, where's Joe? I haven't seen him in three weeks. Well, you know. I would exactly. but yeah that's that's what most of my fans you know like they're they're older than me or some of them have health complications and that's one of the things like I've had to make some really tough calls on shows like oh we can totally do it you know we'll be down there but at the same time it's kind of like I can't have I know like a lot of my fans are super high risk and I it would it would pay me to see them come see the show and then never be able to come see another show in the future like that's something that's just really um really freaked me out so we've had to make a lot of uh, tough calls like a lot of musicians have you know and Mm -hmm. and um and be careful and selective as far as what gigs we play and where absolutely now as a band when everything did start i mean obviously you're not just going to stop playing for three or four weeks how did you guys work around that and still collaborate on a creative uh you know in a creative way while navigating through everything we still had rehearsals, like we did rehearsals, like every like one or two like, weeks, like every week, and then there would be like a couple here and there. Um, but we did rehearsals quite a bit. Um, and we recorded some. And stuff we we recorded. Brandon and I record uh, record a lot of stuff together, and um, and then I maintained writing, and and we'd be able to send it all around because we all have Logic, so it's easy to share projects and stuff through yeah. through Logic. So um yeah we mainly we mainly just wrote a lot and and practiced a lot so that way when we got back out there we would be more than prepared gotcha now when you do your recordings i have to ask this because i'm i'm working on my own stuff right now when it comes awesome. to uh the recording process for you how, how how does that work for you there's a lot of bands that i know who literally will get the whole band together in one room 
And sometimes we'll do it all in one take. Like Kenny Wayne Shepherd's last album, every song was one take live. And yes. It's, it's like, like I, I'm jealous of that. Like that's that's not, that's like skill. Like to get in there and knock it all out in two days or a day. It's how impressive. Does it, it, it is for you guys. How, because you guys are more hands-on with this. I mean, you're you're really crafting a lot of, if not all of, the sound that is heard by everyone. You know, this isn't getting touched by anyone else, I believe. Just you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, when it comes to making those selections, is it hard to to choose, you know, oh, I like this, no, you like... Is it is it much harder for you because there's more you're you're listening to it more than let's say someone signed to a label may because you send it off and they do what they think is good and then they put it out. Is yeah. it hard for you guys to kind of make those decisions? Um, not really. I mean, we get along. Yeah, we 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 work pretty well together. And like when it comes to just like making an entire project and things like like normally like like I'll call the shots. Cause you know, it's my project, but I always like to check in, you know, like I like to get different opinions and I'll be like, yo, Brandon, what do you think about this? And, and um, yeah, I mean, we, it's, it's not really a huge, not a problem at all. It's probably been one of the easiest yeah. writing partners. that I've had. Yes. I've written with so, a few people that was like, wow, this is not working, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely been, been good. Yeah. Awesome. Now, have you guys thought about, cause it's, I, there's a few artists who do this now, like Larkin Poe, Megan and Rebecca, they, they do these yeah. things where they'll do covers on, uh, some one album I think they put out was just straight covers. Have you thought about doing something like that? Because I think I'd love to see, like I'd love to see a cover album that just features songs that were, you know, songs that you guys grew up listening to, like inspiration wise. Have you guys thought about putting something out there like that? Yeah, um, I actually put a cover album out. That was one of my first albums I put out. I was like twelve or thirteen, and I put a cover album out. Um, it's not for sale anymore. Um, I don't think it is, but yeah, we did it a while back. Um, we just haven't done it for a while because it's a lot to get all those, the, uh, all of the, the permissions yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that stuff's crazy. It's, it is crazy, um, but it, I definitely have thought about doing it in the future. Um, I want to try to get as much original stuff out there as possible because I'd like to not be known for, for covers. Like That's like one of my fears is to like be known for covers. Um, it's just, it's not me, but um I definitely, I like, I like to do covers like a different, different way. Um, so, I mean, I thought about it. I've thought about it, but I don't know if I'll, if I'll do a cover album soon, but definitely some singles for sure from maybe some covers. Yeah. I mean, there's some artists out there, like it doesn't even have to be like a full cover album, but like to put a couple covers on each album, like Allie Vanable, she'll do a Betsy oh, Smith yeah. cover on every record she puts out. And I yeah. think that's so cool because given like she I think she's like the same age as you around there. It's like Yeah, I've, I've talked to Allie. I was on her uh, yeah, uh Texas show. Honey yes. Sundays. Yeah, yeah, um, she's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's it's cool. Like she'll do that and it's like that's a cool thing because that's an artist that like the the age gap there is just I don't know. I think that's that's pretty cool to to pay yeah. respect to stuff like that, but Absolutely. It's awesome. Absolutely. So The Misfit that single came out. Are you guys working on something right now as far as the album goes and what's the timetable as far as Yes. Yeah. So it's, we're not actually, we're not actually working on albums. I'm trying to work on as many singles as Just possible so singles. I can start. Yeah. So I can start doing that, you know, releasing a song a week. Um, so I'm going to try to get a large arsenal of things. So when I can do that, I can start releasing songs and then still be working on more singles while I'm releasing singles. Um, so yeah, no album yet, but I'm sure I was thinking like with, with whatever singles do the best, I'll put like in a, in a compilation as an album. Mm -hmm. And then I'll add a few more songs on that album that no one has ever heard. So that's, that's kind of the plan. Um, as far as timeline goes, I'm not sure. Cause I'd like to, since I'm up here in Cleveland for three months, as I learn new things and new recording skills and mixing and mastering, I'd like to, to be able to do it all myself. So that way, you know, I can just crank things out, like you said, and just, you know, not have to worry about, Oh, I need to go to a recording studio to record this and spend a bunch of money to do mm -hmm. this. And I could just, you know, do it myself. Right now. Um, another question I had was actually from a financial standpoint. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of musicians obviously have been struggling miserably through this. How does, how have you guys been able to, to make ends meet? I mean, I, I mean, you play shows, you get your money. How is mm -hmm. it, how have you guys been able to, to balance and make it work with, I mean, not as much. I mean, is that has that been tough for you guys to navigate and figure that out? 
Yeah, well, we're we're both very lucky that we both live with our parents. Yeah. So yeah. I I actually lived alone before um before COVID. Like actually, like right when it started to happen, I lived in a, my own apartment. Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, and then I moved back in with my parents. Um, and so and and Brandon lives lives with his parents as well. So we've been able to um not worry about housing, which is That's amazing, plus, yeah. especially during this time. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, since shows have been scarce, you know, like like it's just we've been able to make ends meet just because yeah. we live with our parents. I think that's like the biggest, the biggest thing. Yeah, so really thankful for that. Super so. thankful for them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, when you look at the future of music, um, I, I ask the question a lot now is, and as someone who's in, you know, starting to uh, explore the whole computer music type of thing too, does it ever frustrate you, both of you guys, the fact that computers are, becoming more of the norm as opposed to stringed instruments or instruments in general. I mean, you're having people, 10-year-old kids, 12-year-old kids from their bedroom hitting a few computer keys and making top 40s, <laughs> while you have people who've been playing guitars their whole life struggling to get, or just, mm -hmm. you know, as does that frustrate you now, the lack of, um, and again, it sounds really desponding the way I say it, but the lack of, um, I know there's not as many, as much instruments being played now as, there have been everything is shifting to a mm -hmm. digital world does that frustrate you guys at all well um honestly it doesn't it doesn't frustrate me um it actually makes me excited um not the fact that you know less instruments are being played i i i i will admit there are some times it is frustrating but honestly it's more like a challenge to me like mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like how can i merge these two worlds together so people can still appreciate stringed instruments but also get that you know that extra from you know 808s or or synths or you know i i really i i actually listen to a lot of r&b and actually a lot of like modern music and rap and stuff too so i i definitely have an appreciation for it um i do know like yeah kids sitting in their bedrooms couple keys and then big hit but it does take um it does take some skill to be able to write these, these quote unquote, you know, stupid songs, you know, like, like, and I'm, when I mean stupid is like, you know, catchy or right. like, you know, five words and maybe two notes. But um, I think, I think it's just impressive for, for people to be able to write a song that gets so stuck in your brain that you sing it for, you know, four or five years after. And it's also, it's on the, I think it's on the same level though, as these songs that are so legendary that are stuck in our brains, you know, um, like these old old Alice in Chains songs or you know Kiss songs like those are stuck in our brains but they're not super simple so it's kind of like they're just two different things but I think a lot of a lot of the older stuff is still is still coming back um so it really it doesn't frustrate me it's just it's kind of exciting because it's really neat to see all of the all of the changing that's going on within like like the sounds and the modern day sounds and and um, a lot of the effects that people use on guitars you know like it's just, it's a challenge to me. And I think, I think it's really exciting to be able to have so many tools and so many new sounds to work with. Yeah, for sure. And now, because I, I would still put you in, there's still a lot of bluesy um, kind of parts of, of your music. Do you ever feel as a female that it, it's, it's, that there's this um, pressure or it, it's hard for you to, uh, to conform to an anti-conformist mold as a woman playing in a blues kind of, style of music it, do you feel that there's any added pressure any added um what is it uh what's the word i'm trying to, like um pushback by doing so because it's it's a male dominated genre that you are trying to conform to an anti-conformist mold as a woman playing the music is it ever a challenge for you at times absolutely um I've, I've kind of grown a thicker skin over the years after, you know, being told some things like, you know, like, oh, you should put the guitar down and just sing, you know, you're in a blues band, you just need a guitarist. Or I've had like, right. you know, guys come up to me after the show and be like, I could be your guitarist. You don't need to play. And, or, or like, I've, I've had some really, that's a good one. That's a fun rude, one. Yeah. Some really like, okay, rude sure. things. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That have just kind of made my skin a lot tougher when it comes to, to just being like, like. I used to just be like, oh, okay, thank you, you know, and now I, I won't take it. I just, right. I, I just say, look, I play guitar and I don't need another guitarist in right. my band. You know, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I won't, I don't mind jamming with other people, but I don't need someone to tell me what I, what I need right. and what I, what I don't need, you know, as far as being a woman, um, on stage. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there's definitely been challenges with it. Um, 
but uh, I've definitely I've gotten better at handling mm. handling the, those situations. And you you brought up comments and stuff, and I have to ask. I've never seen like your Instagram is like a cesspool for the strangest people in the world who comment on your <laughs> shit. Like I sit there I <laughs> and like I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm I'm reading some of the shit. And I'm like. Like, that's kind of another thing, like, I wanted to get into. I mean, it's completely <laughs> different. Like, Brandon could probably contest to it, too. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not a day. If that happens, I'll be like, whoa, what happened here? Like, like <laughs> did, I, did I change? Did I look different now? Like, I don't, <laughs> like, every time you post something, I'm just shaking my head going, what the fuck? Like, he's, like yeah. is that? Like, it's a little creepy sometimes. Like, how do you, like, deal with that Believe stuff? Believe me, if you saw my DMs, you would think even even worse. But, uh, yeah, I so it's, it's kind of difficult because yeah. I'm on social media a lot yeah. because I try to, you know, I try to manage myself and interact with my fans as much as I possibly can um, and still have, you know, time to eat lunch and, and you know, <laughs> go to the bathroom. Normal. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, oh, gosh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. So, so. Instagram has this thing where if you want to hit algorithms, like, you know, you got to respond to all of your people, you know, like the, all of the comments that you possibly can, you need to respond to them. You need to interact. You just oh. need to engage in order if you want to hit the algorithms on Instagram. See, I don't know and any so, of that stuff. I probably should. It's, it's really, it's, it's helpful. I've read like a few articles and stuff, but, uh, so I try, and that's not the only reason why I try to respond to everyone, but, um, those, that's the reason why I respond to the strange comments is, <laughs> is uh because you know i'm trying to hit algorithms but um uh, but i mean i respond to a lot of the comments because they really are wholesome and and you know they've there's some really amazing people that that are my fans and i just i really enjoy talking to them um but you know like the strange people that are like oh it's not, you know, sexy like, and yeah like, it's like 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 dude's like be, 60 years old and has two be my followers. wife like, yes like, yes <laughs> yeah so there, there's been a few of them that i thought were bots but one of my good friends he has friends at instagram and he had them look he looked up some of the names and they were real people and i'm like wow so this is interesting yeah um but yeah, I, I normally just respond with some like some generic thing like, you know, like, oh, thanks, man. Or, or like you this know. awkward like smile. But deep down inside, you're like, this is fucking creepy. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I don't engage anywhere. Like in DMs, it's a lot better because like I have I think I have like 89 unread DMs from just this month on my Instagram. So like Ooh. when it comes to responding to people, I have to like I have to make sure I'm like responding to all the people that like truly need me to respond yeah. to them don't open the any are... don't open any of them that say view photo don't exactly open... <laughs> no 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 i yeah I, no swipe, gosh delete no. delete delete, delete. <laughs> well see that's the that's, thing is like i yeah. like i've i've had um friends um or musicians who are up there too and she says the same thing i'm like oh my god like why yeah. like i don't understand it it's it just puzzles me to like I don't know. It's just not, and I think that's as a society, like that's that's not even that's just everywhere. Like it's completely exactly. different. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look from guys to girls. It's like, it's I don't know. It's just it's just a very, very strange thing. It's like if you if you really want to meet me or maybe talk to me, why don't you come to a show? Yeah, talk to me after. Why you gotta be creepy? You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I'm fine with people, you know, DMing me if they appreciate something or if they like want to say, hey, I really like the song. Like, yeah. that's totally cool. But there, yeah, there definitely is a line that some people have crossed. And, uh, you know, those I, I don't I just won't I won't respond to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by now you, you, you have to be just kind of uh, desensitized, though. Like, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. I wonder if this person's going to comment today. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's definitely there are the same comments from the same people usually on my on my Instagram, that'll be like the, the usual kind of creepy ones. <laughs> yeah, it's just absolutely insane. But uh, no. yeah, we had an ongoing joke about one of the comments. It was a, it was a long time ago, but like my <laughs> band and I, man, they would just be like, oh, I think they commented again. Or they would say exactly what this guy says on all my Instagram. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the, it sounds like you do a great job though with, with the Instagram and stuff. I mean, that's a full-time job. Like I try to do it, it really for is. the... For the podcast and i was able to get up to like a decent amount of following and then at one point when i got to like almost tw i think it's like 2200 and i yeah. i was like oh shit what i get myself into not like not <laughs> like a bad thing but i'm like okay this is actually working like i'm gonna yes. have to, it's like uh, how do you manage to do that because literally it is I, people go oh it's just an instagram it's like no once you get that following it's like i've created a monster here 
like yeah it's it's definitely it, it revolves high uh highly around scheduling you know like i try to make sure that like when i wake up like before like when i didn't have a good balance i would just wake up and i'd be on my phone from like the moment i wake up to the moment i go to bed and i'd just be responding to comments and questions and i i still do that i have days where i do that i'm not perfect but um i try to take like certain times throughout my day to hey i'm gonna get on here and i'm gonna actually respond to these dms versus just scrolling on instagram like mm-hmm. i try to separate it like i like to scroll on instagram and i like to to just kind of be you know on Instagram for fun, but then I, I try to separate that from when I need to be on Instagram to make a post and respond to comments, respond to DMS, you know, and, uh, and, and things like that. So yeah, it's, 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 it's revolved highly around scheduling, but, um, yeah. And, and Facebook too, like my, my mom used to help out a lot with my social media when I was younger, mm-hmm. but now I've taken over all of it completely. So, um, it's definitely a, a big job. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you guys yeah. do your own booking too, by the way? That's from, yes. I'm- Oh my gosh. How, yes, I mean, do. so how does that work? Because usually like, since I, I work at a concert venue and I do photography and stuff like that, usually all that yeah. booking stuff, most of the time, if not all the time, the artists that will come through the theater, they'll get a call and be like, hey, you got a show playing here this day. Oh. And then they like, how does that process work for you guys? Because you are doing it. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's mainly been um, like connections. So we actually, we did have, we used we used a booking agent before we didn't hire him. It was just for like, you know, here and there Mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, and that was mainly in Michigan about four years ago. And it just kind of like sparked a lot of connections and, and we were able to talk to people ourselves. And then my mom, like, like we, we have our booking email. And so, and especially the live streams, like a combination between like those shows that I did in Michigan and Mm -hmm. meeting all these new people and talking to as many people as I possibly could, you know, and then also the Facebook live streams and talking to as many people on there, you know, it's opened a lot of doors. And it's funny because the music business is, it's such a small industry as far as how everyone knows each other, because like, there's been so many people that are so connected to, you know, all different kinds of people. Like actually just from doing the show in Rosa's, the live stream on Facebook, I've had four booking agents reach out to me no kidding, for no. like, for, you know, like the Midwest and, and, and the North. And, and so we've had, we've had more doors open because of that. And I think social media has been one of the wonderful tools as right. far as being able to do our own booking and, and shows. So I told my mom, actually, like, like I said, man, when, when I, when I, grow out of like well, like when I get like my own booking agent someday and I and when uh, I don't like I'm not saying that I don't I'll always need my mom but I'm saying like yeah like when she when she doesn't need to book for me anymore she's gonna be like the most sought after booking agent <laughs> <laughs> I told her that it was funny I was just because she's just been so good about like helping to make these connections and and talking because before before I was in music man she she was not a she wasn't in music she was in finance and then she was also like she studied af- she af- atherosclerosis studies so she helped like yeah, it's diabetes definitely not studies music. and stuff definitely in a lab music, so yeah. yeah no she neither of my parents were were in the music industry so they've my dad actually studied law so he's been able oh, to wow. um like read like the contracts for me and teach me how to do that but um, yeah, it's been a le- learning experience for all of us, but we make a, we make a pretty good team, especially with, with bookings and being able to, uh, plan things and yeah. Awesome. Hey, Brandon, for, for you, what was your music background as far as family goes? Aaron obviously said she, <laughs> parents weren't really involved in any of that stuff. Was it the same for you or were they more involved in music? Um, so my dad played with, uh, some instruments just kind of twitter around, but it was normally just, um, <laughs> It was all me, and Just you. I, uh, so I started playing um, in church, but the support from my parents has just been fantastic, like mm-hmm. literally everything, like they've always been there, and they've always um, uh, really supported my choices in whatever music, uh, but my dad has, uh, he is probably the best drum tech that you could. That's um, awesome. Um, ever asked for because he's always there when he can be there and he really loves it and uh i'd say my mom as well but yeah but just the um support from my parents has been great now that that's awesome i mean and almost especially as a drummer i mean to have that support i mean you're probably the that's always the 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 kid that everyone's like uh would you shut up i mean playing at home so like they were supportive of the whole idea that hey this is what he yeah wants to i do. got my first drum set at the age of six and i beat the shit out of it so they knew <laughs> what they were getting themselves into then they're like okay yeah we, we've done so it oh they so they knew what they were getting into and they put up with me 
for all all these years because most parents would not allow the kids to have drum sets so i just been really blessed with that mm-hmm. now oh, yeah. do you do any of your own music too aside from uh aaron like i know um what you call it uh what was John Mayer's former drummer before Aaron Sterling? Steve Jordan. He he has some of his own stuff that he puts out. Do you have any uh, stuff that you have put together? Just um, I don't have any of my own stuff that I currently put together, but I still um, play with some other projects, uh, like just as long as we're not on the road, because I uh, had my own band for about five, six years, mm-hmm. and then I did the freelance thing like up until now oh, wow. um, so when Aaron called me so I was just playing and just kind of hustling around like everybody else in the area and just playing every weekend with whoever it was uh different styles of music is it hard to adjust like on a like just on a flip of a switch because I know as a drummer I hear that all the time there's always that one person hey looking for a drummer this week it's like oh all right what kind of music you play well I play this you're like Okay, yeah, yeah I can and, do that. You have and to adjust. That's one of the things too is so I've tried to be as as versatile and and like also willing to try as mm-hmm. much as as I can because like you can't just play one style and nope. just be stuck or otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. Um, so that's what I was always trying was like, yeah, yeah, like just give stuff a try and uh, you'll uh, know if it's not for you. Mm-hmm. How about um, jazz? Have you tried? I mean, that's like a completely different world. Yeah, so when I was uh, a freshman in high school, so I uh, played with the um, jazz orchestra uh, mm-hmm. for a while, but it 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 was fun because it taught me a lot and like how to read and stuff just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, so like after that, uh, you know, I started playing really what I wanted to play was playing rock and roll and uh, blues and even. Uh, some like r&b some like soul stuff mm-hmm. too so uh it's been fun learning mm-hmm. just everything mm-hmm. who who are your artists I've, I've asked darren before when i had her on oh god last march it's been a, a while <laughs> who are some of the artists that were really your um your your staple go-to's man when i was uh eight years old rush was my first there you uh, go show that i told my dad because i said hey like this is what i want to go see and mm-hmm. watch um um neil Peart play yeah. And after I saw that, I was like, oh, man. like That was the show. That I was the show where you're like, I want to do this. I want to play drums. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And I've been to so many concerts. Like, I was always that kid that just wanted to go to concerts and stuff for my birthday instead of having a Chuck E. Cheese, like, birthday party. Yeah, right. Like that. So no, no matter what it was, like, I was always so locked in. Like, even if we were on, like, um, a, a um, trip or something, mm-hmm. was always wanted to be around music. Um, just no matter what it was. No. Um, I'd say, yeah, Rush has been a really big um, um, influence to me. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, no, I think, um, I don't think they could get any better of an influence as a drummer, though. I mean, Neil Peart was about as, it's about as good as it gets, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Master. Yeah. But, uh, well, hey, I appreciate you guys for coming on. You got shows this week in Cleveland. I was, you know, usually last time you came on, I dropped a link for tickets, but COVID. I mean, I don't know how that works. Are they doing tickets and stuff there? Is it live, all live yeah. shows? Um, no, they're just live shows on live, Facebook. Live so, Facebook yeah, and, and, and they're all, all of, the, all of the Facebook shows are free. So, awesome. yes, we'll, we'll be going live um, next week or this upcoming week. So, and I'll be announcing it on my Facebook page. Now, what places are you playing at over there? No, 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 uh, no venues right now in Cleveland. Just, just oh, school. I thought it would be school and live streams. Well, I didn't know if it was like a Rosa situation where they do a live stream at a venue and then put it up on. Yeah, Facebook. nope. So All here in the Airbnb. <laughs> so you, wait, you're, so you're staying in Airbnb doing this? That's insane. Yes. So you do yes, one of those yeah, extended stays, those long like. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're in a we're in a house and we have neighbors upstairs. So it kind of last night it was funny because hopefully we they're nice. That. They, we, I haven't met them, but last night it was funny because I forgot that we're not supposed to play or not we're not oh, supposed no. to be loud past 10 p.m. That's not and here work. I here I am setting up the PA system, turning my amp on, and we start playing, and my mom calls me, and I'm like, oh shit, it's it's 10:45. Yeah, we're just so used to doing it, we didn't even think about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, because like at my house, man, I crank up the PA system. Right. I got the bass going in the basement, and yeah. we're just like, it's loud, and yeah, like not loud, but like it's it's pretty pretty decent. So my basement is. 
was loud. Yeah, his yeah. basement was loud. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, it's been an adjustment. But I think, uh, yeah, we literally just moved here like two days ago. So we're, we're excited. And uh, it's, it's a really cool place. That's awesome. Well, hey, I thank you guys for for coming on, and I appreciate you bringing on Brandon. That's like, that's actually kind of yeah. Cool. I was I was so excited like that he could be a part of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah no problem. Us. Anytime. Well, Aaron, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Awesome. Have a great one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. That was my interview with Aaron Coburn. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, it was pretty awesome having Brandon, uh, her drummer, jump in on the uh, interview, which is pretty unexpected, but needless to say, it was awesome as hell because I loved having that other, you know, that other voice that uh, it brought a whole different dynamic to to the style of conversation. So I had a blast with that. Next week we are going to have. Uh, frontman from the KP3 trio, Kenny Pichello. I think I'm saying the name right. Hopefully I am. Uh, he'll be able to correct me um, if I'm saying it wrong or right when I talk to him tomorrow. I'm going to actually interview him tomorrow. His episode drops next week, Monday. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you want to check out all of our uh, prior episodes, you can do so by visiting iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Just search the Monday Morning Blues and you'll find all of them there. Episode 1 through 30. They're all there, all for your ears, and all waiting to be listened to by all of you. So thank you so much. Stay safe, be well, and we will see you next week. As always, my name's Christian, and this is the Monday Morning Blues.